Welcome to our ninth Hakel podcast titled Classic Take. We will discuss the fundamental concept of Mashiach and try to get more familiar with it. One of the uh, interesting discussions that come up from time to time regarding bringing Mashiach, which uh, has been often discussed and uh, it's an interesting subject, is the concept of the Chikas Hakates, which literally means pushing the end time and which technically means trying to bring Mashiach by force. Sometimes people say that certain activities to bring Mashiach or overemphasizing the activities to bring Mashiach um, seems to go against the prohibition of pushing the end of days. So the question is, are we pushing too far to bring Mashiach? So this question has been discussed and dealt with many times. Just want to give some overview of the discussion that is um, discussed in various sources and primarily in the Rebbe Sichas as well. So first of all, what is this prohibition of pushing the end time? So there's a Gemara in Ksubis, the end of Mesech the Ksubis, and the Gemara says that Hashem gave different oaths. He swore the Jew, made the Jewish people swear different things. And amongst them is Shaloi Yitchaku Asakates. Or case really different versions in the Gemara and Subas. One version is they shouldn't push off the end of days, which Rashi explains to mean they shouldn't do sins, which cause the coming of time of the end time, the time of Mashiach to be delayed. And there's another version, not case, but case. They should not push and bring Mashiach by force from the word the chikasakets to push. Now that itself has a few meanings. What does it mean to push, bring Mashiach, you know, to push and try to force Mashiach to come? One explanation which is brought in certain sources, uh, like Medrashir Hashirim Rabbah, seems to imply that the prohibition of pushing the end times means that Jewish people should wage war to bring Mashiach. They should try to establish independence in the land of Israel, you know, to bring Mashiach in a very physical way through using physical means. Hashem wanted the Jewish people to, um, you know, stay put and wait for him to take them out of exile. They shouldn't try to force the redemption through physical means, trying to establish themselves, the Jewish independence, and so on and so forth, which is a little similar. We know that when the Yidin were in Mitzrayim, there was a group 30 years before they left Egypt, there was a group Thousands of Jewish people fought their way out of Egypt, and uh, they didn't make it to the land of Israel. They were ki- they were killed out, and they also tried to bring the redemption prematurely through their own means and uh, in a very simple way. This is the meaning of the the version in the Gemara Shlaiyitchakosakets as well, which is this is actually the version which is brought down also in the Medrashirashirim Rabbah and other places is simply means don't try to bring the gula yourselves, don't try to bring Mashiach yourselves, you know, that's doing it prematurely, it's not a good idea. However, in Mesech Subas, when Rashi brings this, Mesech Subas, when Rashi brings this version, Rashi interprets it to mean they should not pray more, they should not beseech Hashem for the coming of Mashiach too much. So many people say, how could we say we want Mashiach now? Why are we making such a big emphasis about the coming of Mashiach? 
You know, it says not to push Hashem too much. We 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 were sworn, you know, by Hashem that we should accept the exile. We shouldn't try to push it, and so on and so forth. This question has been dealt with already the past few hundred years by various daily so by various sages. And there's a few important perspectives that is very fundamental regarding our role and our obligation in the bringing of Mashiach, which needs to really be discussed and brought out. Because a lot of people, the question comes from a lack of proper understanding of our role and our obligation of what we are supposed to do in order to bring Mashiach. So... Everyone agrees. I mean, I'm not. There's a whole separate discussion, which is not related, not, not the point of our discussion tonight about bringing Mashiach by force, about waging wars, and this discussion is related to, you know, the the Zionist philosophy of trying to bring, you know, established by ourselves the Jewish independence and so on and so forth, and some religious Zionists believe that this is actually mandatory and part of the process of bringing Mashiach, and it became a very, very big debate by those that were against Zionism, and we know the Rebbe Rashab and the Rebbe, and Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe were opposed to Zionism. They might not have been opposed to the state of Israel, but the philosophy of Zionism, they were strongly opposed. And, there, you know, it says the Jewish people were sworn, they should not, you know, try to fight their way into the land of Israel, establish their own independence. And I really don't want to go there. It has been a big, big debate. And the, there's many, many articles and, 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 and stuff written about it. And I, I, it's, it's not, it's not the, the point of discussion tonight at all. The question here we're discussing about trying to bring Mashiach not through physical means of waging war, establishing a government, and so on and so forth. It's talking about spiritual means, prayer, doing mitzvahs, having a Mashiach campaign, does this, in any, does this in any way infringe upon the prohibition of pushing Mashiach, praying too hard for Mashiach? And the answer is that the Rebbe himself said many times it doesn't. But I'll give just, let's start. There's, there's a number of points to put, to, to, to learn about, to put into perspective, just to discuss a few of them. First of all, the, um, the, Many sources, actually, and I wouldn't say many sources, there are some sources which explain that the whole prohibition of praying, even even though they do accept it as a prohibition to pray too hard for Mashiach, they clearly say it does not apply anymore today. And now, before I'm going to already discuss why not, but the 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 you know even for example the Satmerov of Yoel Teitelbaum wrote the Sefer Yoel Moshe was the biggest proponent of this. He very strongly highlighted and emphasized this prohibition to push the redemption, and he was very anti-Zionist in any shape, in any in all its forms, and which again is not the purpose of our discussion. I'm just trying to highlight that discussion as it relates to our discussion here. He himself writes that nevertheless, praying a lot for Mashiach in today's day and age is permissible. You know, he he holds that that prohibition, that particular aspect of praying too much for Mashiach does not apply today. Rabbi Moshe finds also in the Zigris Moshe Chelik Ches, he also writes that now that we've been in exile for so long, he also says uh, we're allowed to pray, you know, this, we shouldn't limit our prayers for the redemption. So it's accepted across the board, there are a lot of, you know, that this prohibition of, 
even if we were to say that years ago there was such a prohibition to pray too intensely for the redemption, it's been accepted by many G'dayli Yisrael, by many Jewish leaders, that it does not apply today. Um, but regardless of that, let's discuss the actual prohibition in of itself. Was there ever a prohibition? Is there such a thing that there was a prohibition to pray too much for the coming of Mashiach? And when we think about it, it would seem very hard to say that there is such a prohibition because all our prayers are filled with the coming of Mashiach. Every time we damage Shemunas, every time we bench, you know, we're saying Kiddush Levana, person is saying Tehillim, Tikkun Chatzos, which many people don't do today, but there's a whole set of prayers. People would wake up mid, and, and they would, from, from midnight and on, they would sit and pray and cry for Mashiach to come. All of this is filled with uh, the coming of Mashiach. Let's say somebody, you know, many, many great Jews, or simple Jews, great Jews, you know, across the board, learned, not learned, that would say Tehillim very often. You know, uh, many chapters in Tehillim, you know, are praying Hashem, beseeching Hashem to bring Mashiach. So what is exactly the limit? If you say not allowed to pray for Mashiach too much, what does it mean too much? If a person decides to say Tehillim all day, is he violating this prohibition of praying for the redemption too much. I mean, the person would would uh, you know, what would you know? Just any prayer on a regular day, we mention Mashiach so many times. What does exactly mean too much? And therefore, commentaries say that we, even if we will accept Rashi's, in other words, there's a whole discussion of this version of the Gemara, which Rashi mentions that you shouldn't push off the end of days, is actually a halachic. Fact, because it's very, very hard to say it's a halachic, it's a halach, you're not allowed to pray for Mashiach too much, because we don't find such a halacha, and our prayers are full with Mashiach, and you know, and and, and you know, beyond Chabad, many communities, there's, there's in various times of the year, there's different, you know, piyutim or stuff that are said also, you know, different things are said different different Shabbosim of the year, which also are highlighting our prayers for Mashiach. I mean, basically, all our prayers, whenever there's communities that add various parts of the prayers, it's all ends up talking about Mashiach. So it doesn't mean, it's very hard to say that there's some type of, you know, limit in Allah to pray too much for Mashiach, and Allah never defines what that limit is. So the way it's, ex- it's explained by Gedele Yisrael, there's a number of explanations. One explanation is that Hassan Sefer says that when it means not to pray too hard, it doesn't mean to pray too, for a regular person to pray too hard. It's talking about a specific type of praying too hard, which is, he said, like Rabbi Yosef Dilaraina. Rabbi Yosef Dilaraina was somebody who prayed hard and he tried to literally force Mashiach to come. It's a whole long story, which is written down other sources. In short, through mystical formulas, he tried to force Mashiach to come, and he did different mystical things, and to, 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 to get Malachim, to tell him the secrets of what meditations to have to bring Mashiach, and so on and so forth, and to make a long story short, the way the story goes, he had the Satan, he had the angel of death in chains, and the last moment he gave it, he gave the Satan some incense to smell, and he blew it and he uh, he ended up becoming completely spiritually corrupt and the sinner, whatever. It's a very bad end. And he didn't just pray too hard, but he, you know, he used, tried to 
use mystical meditations and Kabbalah mysis, you know, real actual uh, mystical activities to, to push Mashiach to come through different things that he was aware of, which I am obviously not aware of, you know, and, and, and that is what is not allowed. Um, okay, so in other words, according to Hassam Seif, it only applies to people that are not just praying too hard for Mashiach on a literal sense, but they're, you know, they're invoking certain formulas, certain mystical powers to force Mashiach to come. And there have been throughout history, it's a very interesting discussion of itself, which is, uh, I can't discuss all these stories in the limited time that I have, but historically there have been various tzaddikim who try to force Mashiach to come. Most notably the Chayz of Lublin, the famous Chayz of Lublin, there's a whole story how he and a few other tzaddikim wanted to push for Mashiach to come. This was about a little over 200 years ago in Tav Kofayin Hay. And um, they... Uh, 108 years ago, uh, 208 years ago, that is. And uh, the whole story at the end of the day is he, he didn't make it and he passed away a few months later, whatever it is. He tried to use spiritual energies and powers, which, again, there's not much I could know about it, to try to force Mashiach to come. So that is what, that's the type of prayer that is already going too much. It doesn't mean speaking too much about Mashiach. It means doing things that are beyond what we're told to do, to try to push Mashiach to come by using mystical, you know, things to force Mashiach to come. Rab Sadiq HaKoyin, one of the great Hasidic masters and writers and so on, and, and you know, who wrote many Sfarim, he explains slightly, slightly different than what I just said. He gives a slightly different example. He says, there's a famous story in the Gumbana of Bava of how Rabbi Yudah Nasi was told by Eliyahu Novi that if Rabchia and his sons would pray together for Mashiach to come, Mashiach would come. So Rabbi Yudah Nasi made a whole prayer, it's a fast day, whatever it was, I don't remember exactly the details. Rabchia and his sons went up to, to, to Davin, and Mashiach was about to come, and Eliyahu Novi was sent from heaven, he was punished for revealing this Rabbi Yudah Nasi, he was sent from heaven to disrupt the whole prayer service, and he did, and Mashiach didn't end up coming. So great tzaddikim that have the ability with their prayers, they know that if they're going to get up there, they'll be able with their merit and their prayers to bring Mashiach. So they have this prohibition. There were certain tzaddikim that knew this. Historically, it's recorded, different tzaddikim saying that if they wanted to, they could have brought Mashiach. But they, 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 you know, they, they have to accept Hashem's will that they shouldn't bring Mashiach with their powers. He had certain Sadiqim that knew that their prayers set which were said in certain days in a certain setting, like Rabrichia and, and his sons, that since he'd prayed together with his sons and he was he was the Chazan and so on and so forth, his prayers would have brought Mashiach. So a Tzadik on that level has to be conscious of his prayers and uh, you know don't not to do them in a way that will force the redemption to come. So obviously it doesn't apply to uh, you know regular person. Um, the Munkach Rebbe, Ramin Chasalazar, who was very very heavy, heavily into bringing Mashiach and praying for Mashiach and having self sacrifice, giving away our lives for Mashiach to come. So he explains that the, the problem of he discusses extensively this Rashi and he he 
he he says that it's not accepted as a halacha that one is not allowed to pray too much of Mashiach. But even if it is not allowed, he says is only talking about trying to bring Mashiach solely through prayer. Somebody prays for Mashiach, but at the same time he does good deeds. He's trying to bring Mashiach through doing tshuva, maizim, tzayvim, repentance, and good deeds. There's absolutely no prohibition on doing that. Now, I want to explain this point a little bit more because this is a very, very important thing. A lot, a lot of people get mixed up, and, 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 and I'll explain. I think, I can't speak for anyone, but I think there's a few fundamental misunderstandings that people have. When somebody opens this Gemara and he says that Hashem doesn't want us to force Mashiach to come, a lot of people take it the wrong way. They think it means, oh, Hashem doesn't want us to bring Mashiach. Hashem wants us to just, you know, accept that we're in exile, just wait until the day comes when we're supposed to go out of exile, and we shouldn't, yeah, we have to pray for Mashiach. We know the Anshi Knesset the the men of the great assembly, the great tzaddikim who instituted all our prayers, who lived in the beginning of the second base Mikdash, they required us to pray three times a day. But, you know, don't get too excited about it. Don't don't try to push it too hard. It's, you know, unfortunately, some people even think it's just lip service that we're praying for Mashiach. We're not really supposed to do anything about it. But that's a very, very mistaken understanding. Not The, 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 the Gemara doesn't say Hashem doesn't want you to bring Mashiach. On the contrary, the whole title mitzvahs is done in order to bring Mashiach. Why do we fast Tisha B'Av? Why do we fast on Asada B'Tavis and the other fasts that were instituted for the various misfortunes that befell the Jewish people? For one reason. We're not just fasting to, to, to mourn something that happened in the past. We're fasting in order that we should awaken our hearts, that we should shape up, so to say, that we should that we should be recognized that we have to do something more, we should do tshuva, we should do something more, however, whatever exact term you want to use, to bring Mashiach. We're fasting on Tisha B'av to realize that we're next, that we have an obligation to bring Mashiach. Teda requires us to fast to remind us that we have to bring Mashiach. You know, spirit, mystically, we know that every mitzvah that we do, we, the Chabad, we only say L'Shem Yichud once a day, but other communities and circles, they say it before every mitzvah. We say before every mitzvah, why are we doing the mitzvah? To make yichud kushubrichu shchinte, to unification of Hashem and His divine presence. Or as it's explained, other mystical prayers use the term like kumi shchinta meyafra, to lift up the shchina from the earth, which basically in simple English means that godliness should be revealed in this world, which will take place with the coming of Mashiach. So before we do every mitzvah, we're basically saying that our purpose of the mitzvah is to redeem the divine presence from exile and to bring Mashiach. So the whole purpose of Taita Mitzvah is to bring Mashiach. So it wouldn't make any sense to say, oh, Hashem doesn't want us to bring Mashiach. Hashem just wants, don't push it. Take it easy. When I want to bring Mashiach, I'll bring Mashiach. No, that's obviously not true. Hashem wants us to be heavily involved in bringing Mashiach. Our job is to bring Mashiach. When Hashem says, I don't want you to push it, means I don't want you to force it. If you bring Mashiach, prematurely means if you bring Mashiach in the wrong way, it's counterproductive. Of course our job is to bring Mashiach. As I mentioned before, the version of the Gemara really is that we shouldn't push off the end dates. Just as another version that Rashi brings, that we shouldn't push, the, bring it too fast. The same way we can't push it, we can't distance it. We can't just say, oh, it's not my business. I don't have to bring Mashiach. We find other Memori Chazal, which say very negative things about somebody that doesn't do anything to bring Mashiach. You know, it says that we have people that sit and learn Torah, but they're not actually actively anticipating Mashiach. It says Hashem is going to be very unhappy with them. It says, you know, you awaited my Torah, but you didn't await my kingdom. 
the the the, the, the I mean, there's so many you know Mamari Chazal which highlight how the first the base Hamidrash was not built within a in a person's days. It's as if it was destroyed in his days. It's underlying the responsibility that each Jew has to make sure the base Hamidrash is built in his days. The pur- purpose of the the point of the Gemara here is not to force Mashiach to come, which means Mashiach has to come because the world is ready, is refined for Mashiach to come. If we bring Mashiach not through Torah, mitzvahs, not through doing good deeds, not through getting the world ready for Mashiach, but rather we bring Mashiach by trying to force Hashem's hand to send Mashiach, if Mashiach would come in such a manner, the world is not going to be ready for Mashiach. So what's going to happen is it, won't, it will be a counterproductive uh, program. So basically, the point of the Gemara is not don't bring Mashiach, it's none of your business, don't push it, Hashem will do whatever He wants to do. No, that's not what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is saying is don't push it by force. Because you have an obligation to bring Mashiach, because your job is to bring Mashiach, you have to make sure to do it the right way. So if you have a tzaddik like, like Rabbi Yisrael Dilarayin or and his children who had the ability to bring Mashiach through their prayers, but because it wasn't done through a collective motivation to do tshuva, to come close to Hashem, to do acts of goodness and kindness of appear for Mashiach, rather it was just done, you use some type of form of the force of Hashem's hand, that is what the Talmud, that is what the Gemara is forbidding us from doing. But to bring Mashiach in a positive way, that's what Yiddishkeit is all about. And this is, in a, in a nutshell, what the Munkachirov is saying. He's saying that the prohibition to force the coming of Mashiach only applies to do it in a way of force. And we know that according to Chassidus, the whole idea of Dira B'tachtoinim is to bring godliness in a way that the world will appreciate it, not to force godliness into this world. It has to be done in an internal way. Now, the Rebbe spoke also about this a number of times. The Rebbe actually said, very simply, the Rebbe said, this, this prohibition doesn't apply nowadays because we're already at, you know, as the Rebbe said, kolu kolakitsin, the times of Mashiach have already passed, which is, again, another fundamental misunderstanding some people have. They're still waiting for the end of days. You know, the Rebbe says that technically, you know, obviously there's the end of days, you know, Mashiach's still not here yet, but all these dates that we have to wait for Mashiach to come, that, you know, Hashem, you know, we weren't supposed to push Mashiach to come before then, have already passed. Right now, Mashiach has passed due. The fact that he's not here is, you know, we don't understand why, but it's not because we're still supposed to just say, okay, you know, we're still in exile, just leave it. No. We're right at this point in history, like I mentioned before, all Gedele saw across the board said already at this point, obviously we have to do whatever we can to bring Mashiach. The most important point that I would say is, is that two important points with which I will finish off is that first of all, many Svadim explain that the lack of prayer for Mashiach and interest for Mashiach is actually delays Mashiach. So if a person says, I'm not going to push it too hard, I'm not going to pray. No, you have to pray what you're told to pray. If you don't pray what you're told to pray, you're actually delaying Mashiach. If you go beyond that, that could be an issue. But not doing what you have to do is actually delaying Mashiach. And the final point I will say is, is that the Rebbe says, this is not, it's not really not an issue. The Rebbe says, unfortunately, for most people, it's not a matter of pushing too hard for Mashiach. There's not too many people that are so excited about Mashiach that are pushing too hard. For most people, it's a matter of when they daven as they're supposed to daven, to think about the words of davening. When we say, Mashiach should come, I'm davening for Hashem, Mashiach should come now. What am I doing about it? That's not pushing the end of days. It's just asking you to pay a little bit of attention of what you're actually 
praying and doing. Somebody will be overzealous of Mashiach and they'll, you know, okay, well, then we could discuss about it. Like I mentioned before, there's enough reasons why even then there's no issue. But for most people, we don't have to be worried about pushing Mashiach. Most people that claim, hey, you're pushing Mashiach too far, we tell them, okay, don't push it too far, but do something about it. Take it serious. When you daven, you should actually mean it and think, what could you do to bring Mashiach? Hashem should help. We should merit the coming of Mashiach right now. Classic Take is produced by Tudalt's Podcast Productions, producers of The Daily Boost, The Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.